The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Facebook. We're here in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Ratelli. Let's get into it. Last last show, we previewed the NL Central, and I told you that the St. Louis Cardinals were going to come out of the division. I said to everyone listening around the world that the Cardinals, the Brewers, those are going to be the top two very top-heavy teams. And then you had the Reds, the Cubs, and then the Pirates. Well, on today's show, we are going to be talking about the AL Central. We're going to go from one Central to the opposite side. We're going to talk about the Chicago White Sox. I said to everyone listening around the Indians, Detroit Tigers, Kansas City Royals, and the Minnesota Twins. I want everyone to understand that this AL Central – there is going to be a very, very important idea that with this AL Central, it could be wide open. I mean, the Cleveland Indians, they dominated the division for the last couple of years. Is that going to stay the same? Are they going to continue that success? We'll find out. What about the Chicago White Sox, a team that has been in rebuild mode? The Chicago White Sox, a team that for the last couple of years has been building off their young farm system. Is it finally the year that they get the job done? Is it finally the year that the Chicago White Sox build on that momentum and they get it done in the AL Central? Will Detroit, with them having Matt Manning and Spencer Torkelson and having these young talent in Detroit, is it time for Detroit's time to shine? Kansas City Royals. They won a World Series. It felt like a long time ago. In actuality, it's only been five years. What about Kansas City? Are they about time to recover? Will Kansas City finally be able to get back up the ladder of the AL Central? Or will the team that has been a consistent force over the last couple of years, the Minnesota Twins, finally have their spotlight? Will the Minnesota Twins finally be able to brush off Cleveland and get that AL Central crown dominantly out there in Minneapolis? Finally have their spotlight. The one thing we have to understand before we break down the AL Central is how I break down these teams. Now, for the people who watched the last show talking about the NL Central, you know how this works. But for the new audience, for people who just joined the sports angle, I will explain it to you. I will take a team, 
and I will give you a pro and I will give you a con. And those pros and cons will allow you to decide if this team's going to be good or if this team's going to be bad in 2021. Let's start with the obvious team, and that is the Chicago White Sox. Chicago, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, they have Yoan Mokanda. They have this young, talented team, a bunch of wolves trying to get in the AL Central. You have young talent and starting pitching, Lucas Giolito, Michael Kopech. You brought in veterans in Dallas Keuchel. Jose Abreu just won AL MVP. So the one pro for Chicago is that their young talent is here. The one pro for the White Sox is that after years and years and years of rebuilding the roster, it feels like for the first time, and it seems like six years, the Chicago White Sox have an opportunity to take the AL Central. Now the con with the Chicago White Sox is if they underdevelop, who's going to be able to carry the weight? The con for the Chicago White Sox organization is if Jose Abreu has a bad start to the season, who will be able to bring the bat in the lineup? If Adam Eaton, who they brought back, starts to struggle in the outfield, who will be able to take his place? Same with Luis Robert. Same with Elhoy Jimenez. The pro and con of having young talent is that if they develop as advertised, you will be a championship contender. If your veterans put up and carry the weight of the load, your team will contend for the division. But if that team does not live up to that expectation, if that team decides to eventually fold, then you're going to have a bunch of guys who are one overpaid or two rising stars that looks like their candle just got blown out and has been fizzled down. So the pro for the Chicago White Sox is that their young guys are finally there. But the con with the Chicago White Sox is that if someone fails to hold their weight, who is going to carry the load? If someone doesn't do their job properly in the starting pitching, in the bullpen, out there in the infield, out there in the outfield, who can take their place and make sure that the White Sox get to where they need to be? Because unfortunately for Chicago, their depth is not as deep as some teams are in the American League. We're going to move on to the Cleveland Indians as we're talking about the AL Central here on the Sports Angle. I am your host, Rocco Kelly. Now, the one pro for Cleveland is that Jose Ramirez is still there. Shane Bieber is still there. You have some of that talent left from a couple of years ago. And if they somehow carry the team on their back, if Jose Ramirez does a phenomenal job, an MVP-like season in Cleveland, that could potentially keep you in a winning organization in 2021. If Shane Bieber performs like he did last year at an MVP level, 
for the Cleveland Indians, you have an opportunity. The con is that your roster has been so depleted by trades, by free agency, that you, if, if Ramirez gets injured, you're screwed. If Bieber gets injured, you're screwed. So the biggest con for the Cleveland Indians is that if their two stars get injured, if their two stars underperform, then you are royally screwed because you don't have a Francisco Lindor at shortstop. You don't have a Jason Kipnis at second base. There isn't guys like Juan Gomez and people like that at the catcher position. In the outfield, you don't have a Michael Brantley there anymore. You don't have those players that you can rely and trust on to get the job done. What about their starting pitching? You don't have Trevor Bauer there anymore. You don't have Corey Clubber there anymore. You don't have Carlos Carrasco there anymore. So that is my pro and con for the Cleveland Indians. The pro is that you have two of the best players in baseball in your organization. The con is that you don't really have anything else. The Detroit Tigers, the pro in Detroit is that when it comes to that organization, they are building for the future. The pro is that their farm system is top 10. Their farm system eventually by next year is going to be one of the best in MLB. The con is that there is absolutely no way you're winning this year. You have an old Miguel Cabrera. You have uh, Candelero, who is a good talent, but he's not an elite talent. There is talent in Detroit, but they are not superstars. They're not elite. They are players that are going to be in the everyday lineup, but they are not going to be the guys that get the job done when it matters the most. So the pro is that you're building for the future. The con 2021 is not your year. And the Kansas City Royals, in a similar way, your, your biggest pro is that you have all this young talent about to reach the major leagues. You have Bobby Witt. You have Brady Singer. There is this talent coming up from the farm system in Kansas City. You still have Salvador Perez. You have Jorge Soler, Whit Merrifield. There is some talent there like Hunter Dozier. The Kansas City Royals do have the opportunity to get better. But the con is just like with Detroit, you are a couple of years away. This, this 2021 Kansas City Royals team will not compete for the AL Central this year. They're going to run mid-pack, but they are not going to be title contenders. They're not going to be division contenders because that young talent is not there yet. If I had to make an example of Kansas City, if I had to say to you a comparison with this team, the Kansas City Royals are what the Houston Astros were around 2014, around 2015. They had some good talent. They were building up a core, but then they had all those guys like Correa and Bregman and all those guys eventually get called up, and we saw what Houston became, minus the sign stealing. 
So Royals fans, I'm going to leave you with that one positive is that you have the opportunity to get better down the line, that you have your core with Mary Field, with Perez, with Solaire, but you need to add more and your farm system will definitely do that later down the line. And the Minnesota Twins, the pro is that you have depth on top of depth on top of depth. The Minnesota Twins have built their roster to where they have good players at almost every single position. Mitch Garver, he was at their catcher position. You understand that they have had guys come in to the Minnesota Twins organization, guys like a Josh Donaldson. You have had Byron Buxton. You have had guys like Miguel Sano. There has been talent in Minnesota that has come into the organization and has made an impact in MLB. Now, the one con to Minnesota is that you have been the New York Yankees, you know what, for the last couple of years. They have been the AL East weak link. They have been the team that gets crushed in the playoffs. There's no doubt in my mind, when you go up against Tampa Bay, you're going to lose. When you go up against the Yankees, you're going to lose. When you went up against the Boston Red Sox, you lost. So you might be dominant in the AL Central, but the moment you have to step out and you have to go up against the teams that are really a legitimate contender in the American League, you get dominated. And that's the biggest problem. Now, we're going to take a quick break here on the Sports Angle. And when we get back, I'm going to tell you what the odds say about the AL Central. And more importantly, they're going to be telling all of you who the people here in Las Vegas believe is going to win the AL Central and why. So we're going to be right back here on the Sports Angle.
Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get back into it. Now, here in Las Vegas, you have all these sites. You have Circus Sports. You have BetMGM. And there are all these companies that tell you what the odds are when it comes to winning the World Series. What division is going to be the top of the top in that division? Now, the NL Central last night, the St. Louis Cardinals were 22 to 1. Milwaukee and Cincinnati were 30 to 1. The Cubs were 35 to 1. And then you had the team at the bottom of the list. You had the Pittsburgh Pirates at 150 to 1. Now, what do the odds tell us about the AL Central? What team do they believe is going to be the odds on favorite to win? the AL Central, and that is the Chicago White Sox. They are a 10-to-1 odds favorite to win the AL Central, and I understand why, because there's a lot of people that are buying into the hype of the Chicago White Sox. There are plenty of people, and I know somebody personally that loves the Chicago White Sox. He's been trying to convince me for months that they are going to be among the best of the best in the AL Central. And as much as I respect this guy, I've always told him that you're blinded by the fact that you're a fan of the team. Because with the Chicago White Sox, them being 10 to one, I understand the ideology why. I understand the idea for why they are ranked that high. Because there is the fact that they've gotten the starting pitching, they've added some relievers, They have been bringing in that young talent year in and year out. I get it. And there's a lot of hype surrounding the Chicago White Sox because of that young talent. There are people that believe Chicago White Sox are going to win the World Series. They're going to come out of the AL Central. And with them being 10 to 1, that's the explanation. In second place at 16 to 1. According to Circus Sports here in Las Vegas, the odds, 16 to 1 is the Minnesota Twins. The Minnesota Twins, as I explained in the last segment, have a lot of talent. They've got good starting pitching. Their relief pitching could use some work, but it's not terrible. They've got bats. They've got gloves. The Minnesota Twins have built their roster the right way. They have a good amount of veterans and a good amount of youth a nice balance. So them being 16 to one is not upsetting to me. Now, what is next is interesting. 35 to one is the Cleveland Indians. And with Cleveland, here's why it surprises me. Because they lost Lindor, because they've lost Bauer and Corey Clubber, Carlos Carrasco, they've lost Michael Brantley. They're losing all this talent in Cleveland. And yet they are still... 35 to 1. Now, is that because of Jose Ramirez and Shane Bieber? Is it because they have one of the best managers in the game in Terry Francona? What is the reason for why the Cleveland Indians are 35 to 1? Because you have to understand, according to odds, that means that they are in the upper tier of the odd sheets. Okay, when you have this many teams, when you're 35 to 1, that means that you're in a little bit of the middle. Okay, when you're 50 to 1, 
that is around the point where you're either really terrible or just dead average. So with the Cleveland Indians being 35 to one, that is an interesting case. And I just wonder if Ramirez and Bieber can really carry this team on their back. Next on the list and in fourth place, according to the odds in Las Vegas at 80 to one is the Detroit Tigers. Now Detroit is interesting because Detroit has that young talent. Like I mentioned, Casey Mays, Matt, Matt Manning, Spencer Torkelson, there is a good amount of talent in Detroit. But like I mentioned, there is absolutely no way that they're going to win this year. There is absolutely no chance that this Detroit Tigers team is going to be able to get the job done in the 2020 calendar year. And with them being 80 to 1, I think that that's about accurate. Now, one team I disagree with at 100 to 1 is the Kansas City Royals. Now, Kansas City, the reason why I disagree with them being so low is because they have them on the same tier as the Texas Rangers. They have them around the same tier as Seattle and as San Francisco. And as San Francisco and Seattle with them rebuilding and with Texas rebuilding, and with Pittsburgh doing what they do. The problem I have with Kansas City being so low is that they have that young talent coming around the corner. They have bats in Jorge Soler. They have bats in Whit Merrifield, very solid glove. They have guys like Hunter Dozier. So when you have this talent in Kansas City, it makes me wonder why are they 100 to 1? Why are they behind? the Detroit Tigers, according to the odds. Because the Kansas City Royals are really not that far behind of Detroit. In fact, you could really make the argument that the Kansas City Royals are not the worst team in the AL Central. In fact, you could say that with them having a great backstop in Salvador Perez and having those two guys in the outfield, that you could actually, as long as you get some starting pitching, you can actually have some form of success in Kansas City. Now, what is my prediction? What are the odds going to tell me? And more importantly, what am I going to tell you? What is my angle about the MLB AL Central? Because we're talking about the AL Central here on the Sports Angle. I am your host, Rocco Kelly. Well, here is what my prediction is. In first place in the division, I'm going with the Minnesota Twins. That's right. I'm going with the Minnesota Twins. They are at 16 to 1 right now. But with how their talent is built and with how their roster has been structured, I believe that they have enough talent to win the division. Just like with St. Louis last night, I explained to you that they have enough depth. They have enough talent. They have enough of a structure, enough of a culture to get the job done in the AL Central. So I'm going with the Minnesota Twins in first. Second place, I have the Cleveland Indians. That's right. I say that Jose Ramirez and Shane Bieber will 
get the job done. I say that they will continue with the production that they did last year, and they'll be able to carry this team on their back. Next, I have the Chicago White Sox. Simply put, I don't buy the hype. I am not believing this idea that the Chicago White Sox are all of a sudden going to be this great of a team in MLB. They have the young talent. I'll give them that. But I am not going to sit here and tell you that I think they're a guaranteed playoff contender. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're going to be World Series contenders at 10 to 1. In fact, in my opinion, they are massively overhyped. And when it comes to the Chicago White Sox, I don't believe that during a full calendar year, they will be able to get the job done in the AL Central. I have them behind Cleveland and behind Minnesota. Now, fourth place, I have the Kansas City Royals. I have them above the Detroit Tigers. Now, Kansas City and Detroit, they're going to be at the bottom of the barrel. They're going to be competing to be among the worst in MLB. But the reason why I have Kansas City over Detroit is because Kansas City has some players that are in their prime. Kansas City has some talent that they can build on. You have Soler, you have Merrifield, you have Salvador Perez. As long as you have that trio, as long as you have a core to build with the young guys, I'm giving them the edge over Detroit. Because you have Miguel Cabrera, you have Candelero, but who else do you have in Detroit? Who else can you trust to have the bats, to have the gloves in the, in, in the outfield? Who do you trust in Detroit? So to repeat that again for the people who just listened, here is my prediction for the AL Central. I have the Twins winning the division. I have Cleveland being in second. I have Chicago following them. Then I have the bottom of the barrel, Kansas City, and then Detroit. But I want to know from you, who do you think will win the AL Central? Who do you believe will be the team that comes out of the AL Central in 2021? Tell me your comments live on Facebook. We have the chat open for anybody who wants to chime in. And more importantly, I want to know, do you buy in the hype of the Chicago White Sox? Or are you like me, where you think that they are massively overhyped, they're overinflated, and their 10 to 1 odds to win the World Series is a tad premature? Because that's what my angle is. And more importantly, I'm going to answer one comment. It's not because I'm a Cubs fan. The reason why I'm saying the White Sox are the way they are is because of the fact that they have a roster of all these young guys. But if these young guys underperform, well, then you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. If these young guys like Jimenez, like Robert, like Kopech, like Giolito, if they don't perform as advertised, then they are going to crumble to the ground. If those young guys do not perform like they need to, then the Chicago White Sox are going to fall in the standings. And I'm saying 
that I don't buy into the hype of all these young guys performing exactly 100% like they say they're going to. And for that reason, my angle is that I have Minnesota and Cleveland over the Chicago White Sox. And I'm glad that somebody picked the Minnesota Twins. You agree with me. I'm happy to hear that. Now, we are going to go to another break here on the Sports Angle. And when we come back, we are going to do our Vegas report. We're going to get into the Aviators, get into UNLV, talk about the Las Vegas Motor Speedway with the races coming on this weekend, and the most popular team in Las Vegas, and that is the Vegas Golden Knights. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this break here on the Sports Angle. If you're a night owl looking for a great job, Walmart is hiring overnight shift workers. Pay starts at $14.50 to $15.50 per hour, and you'll earn great benefits, including 6% 401k match, $1 a day college, time off when you need it, and discounts and savings. Other opportunities are also available with varying pay rates for daytime shifts. Text 240 to 240 to apply with Walmart today. Again, all you have to do is text 240 to the number 240 to apply. Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable.
Vegas Motor Speedway, they are going to be having NASCAR weekend this upcoming Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You have the Gander Outdoor Truck Series on Friday. You have the NASCAR Xfinity Series on Saturday. And you have the NASCAR Cup Series on Sunday. The premier, the best of the best in NASCAR. And here on the Sports Angle, I don't really discuss NASCAR that much. Honestly, I'm a big fan of Formula One. But because they're here, because they're in the backyard of Las Vegas, I am happy to talk about it. Now, the NASCAR Xfinity Series on Saturday, the qualifying lineup has been revealed. And I want to give you my opinion, my input on the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Now, I want to focus on a driver that's a local boy. I want to talk about a driver that has been part of Las Vegas for a long time. His family has roots into Las Vegas, starting 12th and driving the number 98 Monster Energy Ford for Tony Stewart, for Gene Haas. That is Riley Herbst. Riley Herbst, I have said on this show multiple times, he has potential. He has raw potential. But if he doesn't keep the car out of the wall, he's not going to be in NASCAR for that long. And even though he has gone from a Toyota at Joe Gibbs Racing to a Ford at Stuart Haas, my opinion hasn't changed. That he has that raw potential. And with him only being 20, 21 years old, as long as he learns to keep the car out of the wall, he could eventually one day earn his way into the Cup Series. But that's if he can keep the car out of the wall. I have watched a little bit of the NASCAR season in 2021. I haven't watched as much as I do in the past. But from what I saw of Riley Herbst, he is getting better to a degree, but he still needs to learn how to avoid certain wrecks. He needs to learn how to avoid certain situations from not happening in the first place. If he does that, then I see a bright future for this Las Vegas native in Riley Herbst. But let's keep going here because there are drivers in this field that have ties or have had ties to Las Vegas. Starting 19th, driving for Mike Harmon Racing, you have Kyle Weatherman. Now, he has done races at the Bull Ring in the past. The Bull Ring, which is the short track connected to the Speedway, it's where a lot of the young drivers paved their way into NASCAR. It's where you make a name for yourself. And with Kyle, he had actually been earning his way in the Bull Ring. He has been driving around the West Coast, the Midwest. He's been doing all these races. So the fact that he is driven in the Cup Series is impressive. The fact that he's starting 19th for a very average team in Mike Harmon is something I give him a round of applause for. But the main driver that people here in Las Vegas need to pay attention to, a driver that I believe is going to be the talk of the town, is Noah Gragson. Noah Gragson starting 34th. He's going to be deep in the back of the pack to start the race on Saturday. 
Noah Gragson had a win snatched from him at Homestead, Miami this past weekend. And the thing about Noah that I can always appreciate is that he is 100% genuine when he does interviews. I mean, you, he doesn't hold anything back. And, and when in the world of council culture, in the world of politically correct, the fact that he'll do interviews and call drivers out for what they are, I respect that. But I also respect his talent. There is no doubt in my mind that Noah Gragson, who made, he tried to make his cup debut at the Daytona 500 earlier this year. There's no doubt in my mind that he's going to get a phone call sooner or later saying, hey, I want you to drive for my cup team. There is no there is no like 0% chance that I don't think that he is not going to get to the Cup Series. He is that talented. He's won races in Xfinity. He's won races in the Truck Series. He's won races in every place that he has been. And he even won races at the Bullring when he was a very young guy. So understand that with Noah Gragson starting in the back of the pack, watch out for him. Because he's going to make his way up to the front, and he'll probably do it in very quick succession. And a driver I also want to mention, yes, he is from the California area. Yes, he has done races at Irwindale. He's done races at the Bullring, but I still count him as part of that Vegas crowd because of his connection to the Bullring, and that is Ryan Vargas. Now, Ryan Vargas driving the number six JD Motorsports. Some of you might know him for being the TikTok driver because he has the TikTok sponsorship in NASCAR, one of the best paint schemes in the garage area, but I like his talent. And you're going to hear me keep bringing this up again and again, that Ryan Vargas, Noah Gragson, you have drivers like Kyle Weatherman and drivers like Riley Herbst. These guys have talent. And there's always a difference in my mind of someone who has talent and somebody who has money. To me, there's a difference between someone who can drive a race car and someone who is a race car driver. I mean, that's to me one of the greatest quotes of all time, is that there is a difference between someone getting in a car and driving a race car and someone who actually is a race car driver because a race car driver will be able to handle certain situations. They'll be able to handle adverse, uh, you know, adversity and get through challenges where someone who's driving a race car might not necessarily know what they're doing. They're not going to be able to get from those tough times. So those four drivers from the Vegas native side is obviously who I want you to pay attention to this Saturday. But when it comes to the rest of the field, if I had to tell you certain drivers that you need to watch out for, Daniel Hemrick could pick up his first win in the Xfinity series this Saturday. Daniel Hemrick, he is driven for Chip Ganassi. He's driven for Richard Childress. He drove for Junior Motorsports last year, has never won a race in the NASCAR Xfinity series. He has finished second multiple times, but he has never won a race. Expect him this Saturday driving the number 18 
Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota to try to contend for that win to pick up his first victory in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Brett Moffitt, one of the best stories in the garage area. He's been a truck series champion. He drives for a very underfunded uh, team in our motorsports. And with him starting seventh on the grid, I would not be shocked if, if fuel strategy comes into play or if there's a short two-tire stop or a four-tire stop, if Brett Moffitt would be in the conversation towards later in the race. And there are two drivers in the middle of the pack that I want to mention from a talent perspective, and that's Alex Laib, who drives for DGM Racing. He has been one of the most underrated drivers in NASCAR. He doesn't make a lot of mis rookie mistakes. He keeps the car clean majority of the time, and I don't really hear anything bad about him. Starting 17th on Saturday, watch out for him. And Santino Ferrucci came over from the Formula One, came over from IndyCar. He will be driving his second race ever in NASCAR. He's going to be starting in that number 26, Sam Hunt Racing Toyota. So a lot of eyes are going to be on him. I mean, he was a development project driving uh, in Formula 2, driving in Formula 3, came over to IndyCar, did some races for Dale Coyne. So when you have a guy in open wheel who's coming over to NASCAR, a lot of eyes are going to be on him. So that's my preview of the NASCAR weekend. I want to know from all of you who is watching right now, who do you think will win the races this weekend in NASCAR? And more importantly, if you are in the local Las Vegas area, are you going to watch it on your couch? Or are you going to make the, the long drive down to Las Vegas Motor Speedway and have that long trip, that nice drive, and get to watch racing live in person? Let me know and go to our social media at the Sports Angle on all platforms. And you tell me if you're going to be at the NASCAR weekend here in Las Vegas live in person. I am your host, Rocco Kelly. This is the Sports Angle. I'm actually going to take a very quick break, last break of the show. And when we come back, we're going to continue with our Las Vegas report. Don't go anywhere.
Facebook. We are here in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I am host, Robert Kelly. Let's get back into it. Now, the comment section on Facebook. The winners in Las Vegas, Kyle Busch for the Truck Series, Austin Sindrick for the Xfinity Series, and Kevin Harvick for the Cup Series. You made some very popular decisions. Not really a surprise pick there, but I like your idea. And I already said that the drivers I'm going to watch out for this Saturday in Las Vegas. But before we get into before we get into the Las Vegas Raiders, before we discuss who is going to be the drivers that I for people I think that could be on the way out for the Raiders, people I think could be the guys that have the opportunity to be in a Raiders uniform. I will say that Sheldon Creed could be the truck series winner here in Las Vegas. I'm going to be different than our comment over there. I'm going to say that Sheldon Creed, who is one of my favorite drivers in the truck series, a lot of talent, a lot of skill. I think that he has the opportunity to win the truck series race. And since you said Kevin Harvick, and you know that's my favorite driver, I will say I think Denny Hamilton could win this Sunday in Las Vegas. I mean, he has a 6-1 to one odds to win the Pennzoil 400 here at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. But more importantly, Denny Hamlin is on a very good run up to this point, had a good start to the 2021 season. So I will say Denny Hamlin, I will say Daniel Hemrick, and I will say Sheldon Creed. That will be my prediction for the NASCAR weekend here in Las Vegas. But who do you think? I want everyone who's listening right now to also tell me, I know that one person already did, but you tell me who you think could win this upcoming weekend in NASCAR. I've already given you my prediction. Now, the Las Vegas Raiders, the news that came out this up a couple hours ago, Richie Incognito has been released by the Las Vegas Raiders due to the salary cap situation. Now, there's two sides to this. The one side, the one negative side, is that you have let go of Gabe Jackson. You have let go of Richie Incognito. Trent Brown might be on the way out. How many offensive linemen are you going to let go of to have Derek Carr run for his life next year? The one negative is how many offensive linemen are you going to have to replace to make sure that Marcus Mariota isn't running for his life on every down? Because I understand that when it came to Richie Incognito, he signed a $14 million two-year deal with the Raiders back in 2019. I get it. I understand that he was guaranteed $6.5 million. I understand. But there is one important issue we have to talk about. Do you really want me to expose the fact that your offensive line was average at best last year and you just got rid of two-fifths? Do you really want me to talk about that now all you have is Colton Miller, Rodney Hudson, and you're trying to trade Trent Brown as we speak? 
We also need to talk about the fact that you are $4 million under the cap, but you don't have that much money to spend to go get a top offensive lineman. You can't spend all that money to go get a Trent Williams. You don't have that much money to go get a Ronnie Stanley or maybe an Orlando Brown. Understand that with the Oakland Raiders slash Las Vegas Raiders, they have screwed themselves because unless you're going to draft an offensive lineman with that first round pick, unless you're going to bring in some veteran offensive lineman for cheap, you have screwed Josh Jacobs. You have screwed whoever the quarterback's going to be next year. Because you have given up on two-fifths of the offensive line in a span of 24 hours. You're trying to trade one of your offensive linemen, which would only leave two-fifths of your O-line left. That's a big problem. And you know what? I'm going to say this unapologetically, but if the Raiders do trade Trent Brown, with them already letting go incognito, them already letting go of Gabe Jackson. If I'm Derek Carr, why the heck would you stay here? If you're Derek Carr and you're seeing the offensive line being dismantled in front of your eyes, why the heck would you say, no, I want to stay here and run for my life next year? If you're Marcus Mariota and you have an opportunity to go someplace else, why the heck would you stay here? If you're a quarterback, that's planning on coming to Las Vegas, would you have a second opinion? Would you have some doubts understanding the offensive line problem that they just created? Like Raiders fans, before you get upset, I want you to understand this. I'm not saying that the Raiders can't fix the problem. What I'm saying to you is that they have put themselves in a hole. They have dug a hole for themselves, and now they got to dig themselves out of it. It's like that movie Holes with Shia LaBeouf. You're in all these holes, you're digging, you eventually have to climb yourself out. You have to climb to the top of the mountain. And with the Raiders organization, I don't think they've climbed nine feet uh, higher. I think they've dug 10 feet lower. Because letting go of your offensive line and not having anything behind it is going to cost you. You having Josh Jacobs, one of the best running backs in the NFL, is great. But who's going to protect him? I want Raiders fans to think about that. So as we're talking about the Las Vegas Raiders here on the sports angle, let's also talk about the defensive side of the ball. Because there has been linebackers who have been cut that the Raiders could pick up. There's guys like Kyle Van Noy from the Miami Dolphins that the Las Vegas Raiders could pick up and add to their linebacking core. The New Orleans Saints, Alex Azzalone. I know the Saints are trying to shop him. If you're the Raiders, why not try to bring him over to Las Vegas? That defense does need help. The cornerback situation was terrible. You have Damian Arnett. I understand that you have Jonathan Abram at the safety position, but what else do you have on that defensive side? So with the Raiders having defensive problems with them having offensive lineman problems, 
with them not having a legitimate number one wide receiver, I don't know confidently if they are going to be a good team next year. I cannot look you in the eye. I cannot look into that camera and tell you 100% confidently that the Raiders are going to be a winning team next year. I simply can't do it. There are going to be radio announcers. There are going to be TV hosts out here in Las Vegas who are going to try to be optimistic. There are going to be people who are paid by the Raiders organization to say that we are a playoff team next year, that we are going to make it to the playoffs in 2021. Allegiant Stadium is going to be tearing the house down with 72,000 rocking the house here in Las Vegas. But I'm not going to lie to you. This is a sports angle for a reason. And my angle is that if they don't get a number one wide receiver, you're screwed. If you do not replace the offensive lineman you just cut, you are screwed. If you do not get an edge rusher to go get the quarterback, you're screwed. And if you do not get defensive backs, if you don't get safeties who are going to be able to protect the coverage against a Keenan Allen, against a Tyreek Hill, against a Cortland Sutton, you are screwed. Because what the Raiders have done is pretty much leave holes with nothing to fill afterwards. Okay, it's like when you're digging a hole in the backyard. Okay, eventually you took you dug out all that dirt. Now you have to put some dirt back in to, to fill it back up. Well, the biggest problem is that the Raiders just dug a hole, but now they don't have any dirt to dig it back in. And that's the situation the Raiders are in right now. If you're John Gruden, are you honestly that comfortable? Is your seat not a little warm at the moment? A lot of Raiders fans don't want to talk about this, but I'm going to. John Gruden got paid $100 million. He got paid $10 million to be the head coach. Understand that John Gruden got paid very handsomely to be the coach of the Raiders. But they have not made the playoffs during his entire tenure. There has been locker room problems. There has been disputes while Gruden's been head coach. If the Raiders do not win, if they do not have a winning season, or heck, if they don't make the playoffs next year, how hot is that seat going to be for Gruden? Because if you're Mark Davis, you're paying this guy all this money to be a winning coach. You're not paying Chucky that much money to just be a poster boy. You're not paying him all that money to be, hey, here's my advertisement for this company. Come down to our restaurant. That's not what you're paying him that much money for. You're paying him that much money to win games on the field. And if you're not going to make a playoff run in 2021, you have to sit down, have an honest, heart-to-heart conversation if you're Mark Davis and say, look, if you can't win, why am I paying you so much money? It's same with Derek Carr. If you decide to keep him, if Derek Carr decides to stay here somehow in 2021, if you don't make the playoffs, what is the actual possibility 
that the Raiders wouldn't give up on him? What is the possibility that the people who trust Derek Carr are not going to say, you know what, you have not got us to only one playoff game in your entire career. You know what, you've only made one appearance and you've been in the the NFL for seven years. At what point is enough enough? Because I'm here to say this as part of the sports angle. I'm here to say this because I'm unaffiliated with the Raiders. Derek Carr is a good quarterback, but he is not the face of the franchise quarterback. Same with John Gruden. He's a good coach, but is he the guy that's going to save the franchise coach? No. So after 2021, if they don't make the playoffs, my angle is that John Gruden's hot seat is going to get a little warmer. Derek Carr, his comfortability as the quarterback would be less and less likely. Because Mark Davis moved the team here because he wants to win. Mark Davis moved the Las Vegas Raiders to Las Vegas because he wants to have a winning culture just like the Golden Knights. And what I'm saying to you is that if after year two here in Las Vegas, if they haven't gotten the job done, somebody's going to get fired. Somebody's going to get canned. And I am waiting to see what happens. It could be Gruden, could be Mayock, could be Carr. But I'm pointing out that somebody will get canned if they don't make it to the playoffs in 2021. This is The Sports Angle. I am your host, Rocco Kelly. Follow us on social media at The Sports Angle. So long. Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air.